make sure to stop by centerfiretacticalgear.com where you will find the best in tactical gear for your mission. Some of the items included on the website are accessories, apparel, armor types, bags, body armor, gun care, headwear, holsters, knives and tools, you name it, it's here. Also, don't forget to buy the KN95 protection mask. We're dealing with the coronavirus pandemic, so it's important that you protect yourself and your loved ones today by visiting centerfiretacticalgear.com. Here are some of the voicemails that I received in regard to my last podcast episode. COVID-19, racism in the legal system. Takashi 69 is released, but R. Kelly is rejected. Hey, Nicole, happy belated birthday, by the way. This is Dana from Michigan. Uh, great podcast as always. I just wanted to say that it's very upsetting to see that the legacies of R. Kelly and Bill Cosby are basically being airbrushed as if they're just non-existent. Forget about their contributions, you know, just focus on whatever they're accused of. And I believe a lot of it is being exaggerated. If people really cared, in my opinion, R. Kelly should have been in jail for some time years ago and then been able to redeem himself because I really don't think he's messing around with young girls anymore, at least not anybody that's at least, you know, I mean, at least no one who's under 18, at least I don't believe that. And I definitely believe that where our, where Bill Cosby was concerned, a lot of that crap was exaggerated as well. Um, thank you for doing what you're doing. I hope that they will be released as well. Thank you. Hey, Nicole, this is J.D. Mack here sounding off on your R. Kelly video. And let me just say, you really know how to get a person even angrier. <laughs> Not at you, but just the way you deliver your videos. I mean, so informative and just so true. And this is this is just too ridiculous. I mean, here you got obvious criminals left and right, like neo-Nazis, uh, snitches, pedophiles, just getting released out and about because of the COVID-19, while you still have a person who is not yet convicted and an 82-year-old blind man still just kicking it in prison and nothing to come out of it. And I had hoped that R. Kelly would have had something, but since he got rejected, I just, I worry still about Cosby. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I just keep hoping and praying that it does, but really people are not good at hiding their racism even today. And it's just amazing to me. Hey guys, this is Nicole here back on this Friday morning. I hope you guys are all doing good out there and welcome back to Nicole's view. So, you know, I wanted to talk about the story because it is one of those stories that if you're not looking for it, if you don't see it pop across your uh, news feed, it will get lost in the shuffle because the coronavirus, of course, has the world on lockdown. Um, people are nervous, people are scared, people are frustrated. 
um, because we have this virus that has taken over the world at large. It's silent and it can be deadly. And although we have some people that are currently fighting for their lives right now, as I speak, we have some people who may have it, but they're not on death's door exactly. And then we have people who have gotten this, contracted it, and turned out fine on the other side. But one thing that a lot of your media is not talking about on a heavy scale is how the coronavirus is making its way all throughout America's prisons and um, jails. So I wanted to speak on this because although I've briefly spoken about it and, um, and also in conjunction with Mr. Cosby, I wanted to speak on it again because we have this man here who has been fighting for his life over the past 30 years to clear his name. And this man was in the same facility as Mr. Cosby, okay? And when I last checked, over 18 inmates at the SCI Phoenix out there in Montgomery County has contracted the coronavirus, okay? The coronavirus is no joke. And especially if you have any underlying health issues, if you are elderly, um, hell, anybody can get it, but we know there are certain groups who get this and it's a done deal. And this story here is a reminder of that. And what are your politicians doing to protect those who um, are saying that they are innocent, they didn't do crimes or haven't even been convicted of anything and how they can fall victim to this. So I'm reading this from the Philadelphia Inquirer and it said he died in prison from the coronavirus three days before a breakthrough in his 30 year fight to clear his name. 30 years. He was about to have a breakthrough. And then here comes the coronavirus and he's not here anymore. Just imagine this happening to many people like this man. Fought and fought and fought and fought only for a pandemic to take that all away and to take his life away. On Saturday, uh, Rudolph Sutton's son said he got news he had waited 30 years to hear. Philadelphia prosecutors would review his father's claim that he'd been wrongfully imprisoned for a 1988 murder in South Philadelphia. But the son had news of his own for the defense lawyers on the other end of the line. Sutton, 67, had died three days earlier the first state prison inmate to succumb to the coronavirus. In an interview, days after that call, Sutton's son, uh, Rudolfio, said life never did move quite quickly enough to work in his father's favor. It took decades for witnesses supporting his story to come forward. It had taken years for father and son to rebuild their relationship after Sutton's life sentence took him away. And over the last month, as Sutton's, excuse me, Sutton's chest pains and trouble 
breathing grew increasingly worse. It took medical examiners days after he died to pinpoint exactly why. This is what I'm talking about. The impact of the virus on inmates has been growing across the country and the state. 17, I read earlier, it's now 18, have fallen ill at State Correctional Institution, Phoenix, SCI, uh, the prison where Sutton was held. His death reinforces how quickly the disease can spread in cramped correctional facilities and the fateful consequences of an outbreak behind bars. And they won't tell you that who else is in the same prison? Mr. Cosby. I love how these articles leave that out, but they do that on purpose. So we can forget that he's not in this prison. This is why they do this. And just like this man, just like Mr. Cosby and many more who are proclaiming their innocence, just look at how easily this virus came about and how many years this man was fighting only to die from this. When he was doing everything right, everyone seemed slow to respond. And when he was doing wrong, they acted quickly, of course. Rudolfio Sutton said that seemed to be the story of his life. Rudolfio, now a 37-year-old real estate investor in Collingdale, was only seven when a jury found his father and three other men guilty in the fatal stabbing of a 33-year-old Dewey McKay. McKay. Excuse me if I'm screwing up that name. McKay. In a battle over drug turf in South Philadelphia, prosecutors contended that Sutton had rounded up the others to commit the crime after learning that McKay was selling fake drugs in a house normally used by a Jamaican gang. Though Sutton had always maintained his innocence, his family cut off contact between him and his eight children after the conviction. It wasn't until Rudolfio was 21 that he had his next conversation with his father. Despite the years of separation, father and son quickly forged a bond, first with weekly phone check-ins, then periodic visits. Eventually, they were talking every day. Within years, Rudolfio had become his father's greatest advocate. A Marine veteran, Sutton had become an avid reader in prison, studying philosophy, excuse me, computer science, art, and poetry. And I'm stopping right here because for those of you who don't know, um, Mr. Cosby is also, he's a Navy vet. And from what I understand, SCI Phoenix has a particular wing for elderly inmates uh, and those who are veterans. I read that and I wonder how much contact did he have with Mr. Cosby? And not just Mr. Cosby, but other inmates and how it spreads like that. It's a domino effect. So I sit here and I'm like, wow. Wow. 
My relationship with him became everything I could have hoped for, Rudolfio said. To help his father, Rudolfio hired a new lawyer and lobbied the Pennsylvania Innocence Project to take on his case. The justice system moved slowly, but father and son depended uh, their bond, excuse me, not dependent, but deepened <laughs> their bond by the day. And it goes on to say the first signs of trouble with Sutton's health came in early March, days before Montgomery County would report its first coronavirus case. Complaining of chest pains, Sutton was taken to uh, Einstein Medical Center. Uh, he returned to the prison after 10 days. It goes on to say, but instead of getting better, Sutton's condition only grew worse. Still, even after SCI Phoenix confirmed its first inmate coronavirus case, it did not immediately occur to Rodolfo that his father might have been infected. He had complications with diabetes, a possible heart attack, liver problems, and high blood pressure. He said he had an inability to smell and taste food, but we didn't know that was a symptom at the time. That is one of the symptoms of the coronavirus. People have said they can't taste and they can't smell. Sutton, though, was growing increasingly anxious about his declining health, especially as prison officials announced a lockdown in an effort to curb transmission. Every day, he would tell me, I don't know how much longer this is going to last, uh, Rudolfio said. He would say, I'm trapped in here waiting to die. I'm trapped in here waiting to die. In late March, father and son managed to connect over video chat after the prison suspended in-person visits. With his dad on the screen, frail looking, confined to a wheelchair, and with a mask hanging around his neck, Rudolfio shared with him for the first time relics of the life he had missed. A photo of Rudolfio's 10-year-old daughter, the first Sutton had seen since her birth. The obituary for another of Sutton's sons, who had also served in the armed forces, but died in 2003 without ever mending his relationship with his father. You could hear the pride in Sutton's voice, Rodolfo said. You finally got to see what his son looked like as an adult. Questions of justice. Meanwhile, the Innocence Project was wrapping up its five-year investigation of Sutton's case, concluding that he and his co-defendants were likely innocent. Attorneys reached out in early March to the unit in the Philadelphia District Attorney's Office uh, charged with reviewing past convictions to share their findings. Among them, the central witness during the 1990 trial, a man who had also been charged and testified against the four others, had initially identified another man as the killer. Also, a new witness had come forward saying he had seen the killing as a 12-year-old and had tried to tell detectives back then that Sutton and his co-defendants, whom he knew from the neighborhood, were not to blame. Listen to this. Sutton and his son would talk a few times more in the following days. Each time, the elders 
man's breathing grew noticeably worse, pausing and panting between words. During one call on April 6, April 6, excuse me, Rudolph fell silent mid-sentence. I wondered if he died on the phone, Rudolph Field said. He said he just needed to catch his breath. Oh my God. Rudolfio missed four calls from his father the next day. The next time he picked up a call from the prison, it was another voice on the other end of the line. His father was dead. This is how he learned of his father's death. He didn't get a chance to talk to his father one last time. It took three days for medical examiners to confirm Sutton died from the coronavirus. That same day, the Innocence Project called Rudolfio to say that it had submitted his father's case to the district attorney's office. We waited 30 years for this, Rudolfio said. I was concerned he wasn't going to make it out in time. That's exactly what happened. Rudolfio has spent his week or this week, wrapping up the details of his father's life, arranging for cremation, uh, and picking up his belongings from the prison prison in Montgomery County, but his mind still races with questions. What might have happened if authorities had agreed to look into Sutton's case sooner? And could prison officials have done anything more to improve his chances of survival? Okay, folks, I think they knew that he had caught this. I think they knew, but I think they didn't care. They don't care. I think this is one of their ways to go ahead and um, weed out those that they don't want living anymore. A spokesperson for District Attorney Larry Krasner declined to confirm or deny Wednesday that Sutton's case was under review by the Conviction Integrity Unit as did the Pennsylvania Innocence Project. But in a statement, the Innocence Project legal director, Nilam Sikvani, I know I'm probably screwing up that last name, forgive me, said Mr. Sutton uh, should have never been incarcerated in the first place. His tragic death underscores the urgent need for the governor, the Department of Corrections, the legislator and the courts to act quickly so that another factually innocent person does not risk death in prison due to COVID-19. Oh Lordy, the Pennsylvania Department of Corrections citing privacy concerns refused to discuss his care in prison, of course. Uh, Rodolfo has retained a lawyer to look into the circumstances surrounding his father's death. And in the meantime, he said he intends to live by advice his father gave him. He would always tell me it didn't matter where you are as long as you know who you are. Rodolfo said, I'm focused now. I want to see him get the justice he never got while he was alive. I want to know what happened to him in that prison. And I want to see his conviction overturned. And that is the end of the article. Folks. This is why it's so important that they let these people go who are um, 
in this position who are looking to clear their name, um, they should put them on some type of house arrest and they need to do it now. They need to get all of these elderly men who are in this position, put them on some sort of house arrest because this is nothing but a death sentence for them. For any of them, but especially those who are uh, vulnerable to this virus. And this is why I said in my last podcast episode that they need to put Mr. Cosby on house arrest. They need to put individuals like Rudolph Sutton on house arrest. But we know that these folks are demonic And I feel in some sort of way, as I said earlier, they don't want them alive. They want to see how many black men can die in these situations. We know that the Philadelphia um, so-called criminal justice system, I mean, is populated with black men. Okay. I mean, the stats don't lie. They're out there. And this story here just confirms everything that I've been feeling about this, that we've been talking about, and it exposes just the corruption, the racism, the, you know, complete no sympathy, no empathy, do not care that they have for these people. And it is important that we continue to advocate those who are proclaiming their innocence they deserve for their cases to be looked into they deserve to be heard no matter who they are known or not known this is not right this man did not deserve to die like this especially when he's saying he didn't do this especially when you have those investigating his case saying this man didn't do this he was wrongfully convicted and now He won't get to see his name cleared. But I am hoping that his son will carry on that fight and clear his father's name. Guys, let me know what you think about this story. Feel free to leave me a voicemail. Please make sure that the voicemail is under a minute. Um, Try your best to keep it under a minute or it will cut you off. And um, I thank you all for supporting me in all of my endeavors. Please stay safe, stay clean, stay healthy, wear your mask while you are out in public, and just do whatever you can to save yourselves, to save your loved ones, and to help those around you. All right, guys, I will see you either in the next live stream or podcast. Take care. Mm -hmm.